Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah... What's abusive? My friendship with Cody. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, podcast about terrible people with my good friend, Cody Johnston. Cody, how are you doing? Hello there. I'm spectacular. I couldn't be better. And I won't be judging from... No. The little I know about what we're going to talk about. You're going to have a terrible day today, Cody. Cody... You are the host of Some More News and the co-host of the podcast with a similar but not exactly the same name, mm-hmm. um, YouTube Sensation, it would be fair to say, and, oh, my, absolutely. Yeah, and my friend of many years. And Cody, do you, are you familiar with the concept of love languages? I am. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's this idea that that people there's different people express love in different ways and and a major part of having a healthy relationship is understanding the way that the people in your life express love and and communicating to them the way that you do so that you don't misunderstand each other and you appreciate, you know, when the other person tries to share with you the way they feel. And mm-hmm. I I've, I've come to recognize over the years Cody that you and I have a particular love language. It started a couple of years ago when you began telling me about Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Mm. Um, That all culminated in me putting together like a three-hour podcast series about the life of Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. And then a couple of years later, you put together a three-hour video about Mm. everything Jordan Peterson has ever said and done. Yes. And, and, And I just watched that, Cody. And now I am about to sit down with you, and I am about to share, as part of my love language, some more about Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
what we call romance. Yeah, um, this is and mm-hmm. romance. Uh, there's yes. nothing pure. Um, so thank you. Um, yeah. I receive, I receive, I receive. I believe I started this by saying, Cody, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> instantly, no, instantly apologetic. As soon as I popped off. Cody, you know, Mr. Peterson, Dr. Mr. Peterson. Mm. Um, and you know, I'm sure that he has recently started a new television show, a hit new TV show. Uh, everybody's talking about it on the Daily Wire. Can we uh, th- call it a TV show? Is that, is I, that yeah, like- it's it's like a show. It's like a show. Okay, it is. Okay. It, it has the. It it's contains, like a show is a great it, description. It, well, it, like it's con- a show for sure. Like it, it, like it it contains the totemic sigils that were associated as being like a television show. So, like, if you were like the things that, like, the 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 representative artifacts that signify that something is a TV show are present in this thing, which is not a TV show. It's on the Daily Wire's website. Um, not even Daily Wire Plus on their website. No, or is well, it? Well, yeah, you have to yeah. have whatever their streaming account is. Okay. I don't know, okay. Cody. I'm not going to tell you how I got this show. Um, <laughs> I, you, you don't need to. It's, a, it's but okay. It's, I understand. I, I, <laughs> it's called Dragons, Monsters, and Men. Um, oh. Boring. God, uh, that's classic. Boring I know. I know. Peterson I think shit. how you think there's any chance at all that like the name was picked in part because they're like, well, the new Game of Thrones and the yes, new Lord of the Rings exactly shows are coming. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. One hundred ten percent. I think so because the intro. Like, I was gonna you know, say that. Have, like, have, so have you watched the new Lord of the Rings show, Cody? I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's, it's pretty good. I, I like it, but the intro of it is very clearly doing a Game of Thrones. Yeah, sure. like they that that kind of like where it's sort of a a a, a, a kind of abstract representation um, using like symbols and stuff and whatever. Sure, um, it's fine. Uh, I, I but they're doing the same thing in Dragons, Monsters, and Men to open the series. Yeah, well, cause so uh, for listeners. Uh, a, sh- a screen is being shared w- with me and the first uh, frame of this show is on screen and I instantly believe you and agree with you. And uh, yeah. like, it's not even, I, it's not even a letter I'm looking at. I'm looking at the shape of a part of a letter from the intro. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're doing game of Thrones. Yeah. They're, it's, it's all smoky and dusty I'm, and like, yeah, let's just, let's play the start of this. And and you at home will hear it, and then we'll kind of describe what we're seeing after you've heard it. But I, I think both are valuable. Cody, I'm sorry. I love you. It's okay. I'm oh, it's not even starting okay. yet, Sophie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait. Ah. <laughs> Cody. What? Hey, now. They can't do this. <laughs> Come on. All right, all right, all right. Let's let's pause it and talk and about that. And then is that. it just him at, at a chair? It's just him in a chair, but <laughs> so 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 what that we see that. in that intro is like a bunch of they kind of look like stone age glyphs, a mix of like stuff that might be runic shapes. I'm not a mm-hmm. runes expert, maybe they're actual runes. Um Good, but and like a mix fake of, runes in like a video game. Yeah, I'm gonna you know, guess you gotta fake collect runes. the runes, you know. There's yeah. like animal glyphs, there's like a an arrow that's going up like progress and then turns down, probably because the liberals started doing a gender. Yeah, um, the, yeah. <laughs> The rune it's, for wokeness. Yeah, the the woke rune. God. Um, and then when you heard that, and then that, a bunch yeah. of fire blew on the screen. It did. Followed by the logo, dragons, monsters, and men. 
Dragons are your challenges. Monsters are the demons you have to slay. And men are the wow. It's like you've spent dozens of hours watching <laughs> Dr. Jordan Peterson talk just, about his ideas. It's just like those basic symbolism and shit. All right. Yeah, it, 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 it is. It is, Cody. It is kind of. I think Jordan Peterson would have been a really inspirational, like sixth grade creative writing teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I've always and, thought, like, hey yeah. man, go out, write a book, not your weird books. <laughs> write a novel. Write, write a fiction book, and like use all your ideas and your archetypes and your symbolism, and and say a story that you think should be told with all those ideas, and then maybe people will finally see the. Uh, what you believe. But, I, um, I think something know. different's going to happen, Cody. I agree. So the episode one is titled, What Makes a Man? And once the title crawl finishes, we're presented with Jordan Peterson wearing a nice fitted blue suit and sitting in a leather armchair in a library. Oh, yeah. There's a course. large like hourglass style clock that's about four feet behind him. And what's interesting to me is how all the production value and intensity they've tried to build up at the start of the episode dissipates the instant Jordan starts talking. And I'm going to have Sophie click play to, to display that. I can't. I'm sorry, Cody. I love you. (laughs) There are multiple dimensions of, let's say, competence and authority. Multiple, especially in a sophisticated society. And so you're fortunate if you're good at one or two things. Most of the ways you could be competent and generous, you're just not that good at. So first of all, I would say don't be too disheartened, especially if you're young. Okay, pause it. Pause it. So, I, listeners, what's just happened on screen is that, obviously, you can hear him talking. It's just him sitting in the chair. And after, like, 20 seconds, the screen splits, and we watch a close-up of his face next to a slightly further-out shot of his face, both at the same time. Um, <laughs> it's I, I, <laughs> really off-putting and disconcerting. It's because they know they know what they've done. They right? know it's really they boring, threw, right? They yeah. threw... God knows how much money at this guy, like millions of dollars, I assume. Probably millions uh, of dollars. A lot yeah. of like they're just that's why he literally said this out loud in one of his yeah. videos. Like, yeah, they gave me a lot of money uh, and more power to him. Go for it. But uh, so they know what they've done. But ultimately, and the Daily Wire Plus wants to be the programming like they want yeah. to anti-woke, yeah. like the TV that you don't get on HBO, which we secretly love, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so they've thrown all this money at it. But ultimately, what they bought was. Jordan Peterson doing his lectures, which is just a guy on stage. That's it. So they have to make it seem somewhat like cinematic or exciting or visually interesting at all. And so they have two cameras follow him yeah. and do a split screen. Cody, Cody, I'm going to give you a spoiler. At a certain point, there's going to be three. <laughs> I was like, I was like waiting like, well, at a certain point they do like reenactments or like no, they film no, like, no, no, a third. No, it is never anything but Jordan Peterson on screen. Okay. Here's, 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 okay. Here's my slight feedback here. So he's worked very hard. Like the hair is perfectly slicked back. He's chosen, you know, the coat. Why is his tie crooked and why is his shirt wrinkled? <laughs> Two notes. Those were He's my not two sitting notes. Up straight. You clearly tried super hard to have this like put together image, but yet your shirt is wrinkled and your I mean, tie is crooked. What is happening? Sure also, is what is that they tie? Didn't, they didn't. I'm like, just gonna my, say, like, it. I don't want benzo shakes. And possibly the benzo shakes. I'm just gonna say it's the benzo shakes. And you know, the, the glass hand houses and so on. Is I uh, 
I wear a very crumpled suit and tie mm-hmm. on my show. I um, do not own a suit or tie. <laughs> on purpose. But you um, look fabulous, Cody. Thank you this so man much. Does not. Yeah. <laughs> well, like he seems just seems like the kind of guy who'd be like, well, no, co- iron my shirt. Yeah, that's before my, my 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 big show. My nicest um, outfit is an open hoodie with a Bart Simpson Gulf War commemorative t-shirt That's all i mean you need. clearly it, it, it he, spells saddam hussein huskins <laughs> he's like put a lot of effort into it like he's gone through the trouble of calling up gavin newsop and being like what hair gel do you use mm-hmm. and using all the hair gel and but yet crooked tie wrinkled shirt mm-hmm. just very interesting to note shall we continue robert also sophie real quick get used to the hands he yeah, yeah, does not, do, will not stop doing the little magic fingers he loves now, the little magic fingers. Spirit fingers. Cody, for if you, as if much you will. money as I'm sure they're spending on this, and for all mm-hmm. the production value that existed in the first 28 seconds, <laughs> um, which is going to be the most exciting thing we see today, uh, <laughs> it's, I think, the episodes, I don't even think there's scripts to these. Like you said, it's just like they filmed a lecture. Mm-hmm. This isn't, I've seen his lectures, and they are normally like he's wrong about things. But he knows how to give a competent lecture, right? Where he like builds to a point and yeah, there's a journey. It has an impact on the audience. That's why he's been successful. That's not what we're having here. There's no nothing he's building to. He is just sitting in a chair and kind of talking Hmm. almost aimlessly. Um, uh, Yeah, I want just listen. Listen to (gasps) this this next bit. (laughs) Uh, I will. So my prediction. So this seems like what you're describing is uh, so like. You know, you've you've written a lot about him. I recently released a three-hour video about him. Uh, in doing so, you have to watch a lot of YouTube videos of him. Uh, and in doing that, your algorithm gets completely fucked. Um, and so if you're yeah. like scrolling like YouTube shorts or something, here's like, oh, here's this 50-second clip of Jordan Peterson on a podcast rambling about whatever. And it seems like that's what this experience will be. Just like scrolling through these like 50-second clips of him, like random thought about this. I can say this about monsters and then just sort of like, yeah, go. Yeah. They just kind of sat down and let him go. And you can kind of see in the editing and then gradually how the off screen questions are kind of directing him that I think they Mm -hmm. recognize they made a mistake about 10 minutes into this, but I want to play you the next set of clips here. Excellent. Sorry, Cody. I love you. What should I do? (laughs) And part of the problem is the question, what should I do with my life is not a very good question because it's sort of like, Tell me about everything. It's, it's just What's too up? much. <laughs> uh, what do you do with your life? Well, you say you do many things. Okay, what are those things? Because I don't know what to do. Incredible well, why advice. Why look at what other people like... do that appear to give their lives significance and meaning? And this is, bears on the issue of responsibility. Well, <laughs> most people want to have or do have an intimate partner. So if you don't have the one, screen hey, has split so you can that. see his hands how from do you the work side. On that? Well, you don't work on that by going to find the person that's right for you. It's like, who the hell are you? And what makes you think that even if you found the person that was right for you, they wouldn't take one look at you and run away screaming? What? Why does he talk like this? Like, what? I I don't know. Can't he just? Because he's he's like circling really banal advice. Like, what he he can't get in the in the roughly a minute that we played, fifty-ish seconds. The the actual point he has made is that like. Life includes a lot of things, and it's you shouldn't try to find someone to fall in love with. Right, like life is complicated. You got to narrow it down your goals, and like, but all, and, like the point he's the broader point he's making is that like 
young men shouldn't seek to find someone to complete them. They should become the person that like is, a, you know, which is fine advice. That's yeah. good advice. Focus but, on yourself. Right. But of course. At the same time, because also Very he's basic. Just, he talks like really contradictory too, because he's saying yeah. it as if like, well, why do you want to like, Oh, get, find some, an intimate, intimate partner, uh, who's like right for you. Well, what makes you think that they're going to like you? So like, he's talking about it in this dismissive way where it's like, don't even try. Yeah. And then he's coming back to, you need to work on yourself before you do that in order to what? Because ultimately what he's saying is work on yourself in order to be of value to a partner. So he's still encouraging this end goal. He's just saying like, yeah, take some time. You need to work on yourself. Yeah, it's just such a weird way to to say these things. It's 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 pointlessly long. And and after meandering for a little while longer, Peterson announces that the primary thing that young men have going for them uh, is youth and possibility, which is what sets them apart from the olds who have money and the ability to wear nice suits while seated in a library funded by <laughs> oil and gas billionaire investments, but don't have as much energy or as much time. Peterson mm-hmm. makes the claim that if you're young and poor, you still have an unbelievable source of wealth because you're young. And obviously, no one would change being young for being decrepit and rich. Now, this seems to ignore that an awful lot of rich people are in excellent shape and stay that mm. way for a long time because it's very <laughs> easy come? to eat well and seek medical care uh, if you have money. <laughs> I see. Good good stuff, uh, Jordan. He's done this before about like wealth yeah. and stuff where it's like, oh, you know, everybody has problems, you know, it's they're not rich, you're, you're rich or you're poor, you know, you're rich or you're poor, you, you know, everybody gets sick. It's like, yeah, yeah. but but how do you... What do you do if you get sick and you're yeah, poor? What do you do if you get sick and you're and you're rich? Like it's it, so. It's, it's like people looking at Keanu, who is like pushing sixty, and being like, "Wow, he looks incredible." And I'm sure Keanu Reeves, the first thing he would say is, "Yeah, because I have tens of millions of dollars." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's yeah, like that he, video of uh, 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 Rob uh, Mac on yeah, it's always yeah, sunny yeah, describing yeah. his how he got in shape. It's like, yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> If you, if you have unlimited money, then it's very if easy. If you don't spend time with anybody and you, eat, you have to do. Yeah. yeah. Silly. Um, it, very silly. Now, look, most of what Peterson is trying to get out here is like his normal 12 rules for life shit, just not at all very well organized. Um, and it's certainly not yet offensive advice, although he's ignoring things in a way that is kind of offensive. But it's true that if you're young and healthy, that is worth a lot, right? Youth and health are, are yeah. very valuable things. Time is valuable. Of it's course. Like, again, yeah, it's like this thing he does where it's like, what you're saying like if you shave everything away, yeah, it's a fine point that a lot right. of people make on that like Airbnb knows. art. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And but There's, he couches it in this like monsters and dragons and men. It's like, well, you're just sitting in a chair. He, he said nothing. Nothing that he said that's right is something you couldn't find on the wall of an Airbnb in Glendale, yeah. California. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, it's funny because he starts at this like very basic point that like, yes, health, youth and, and health are, are are valuable. But like a lot of his platitudes in this episode, it starts to spin out like tires losing traction in mud. Mm. And it's very funny to listen to. He Sophie, I'm going to have you play this <laughs> next clip. Are you good at anything? And if the answer to that is no, well, how about you start practicing being good at something? Pick one thing. Well, what? Well, not nothing. Pick something. Maybe it's a video game. Truly, <laughs> oh. truly sage advice, Dr. Peterson. Oh, Thank you. Like, talk like a guy who's ever talked to a person before. Yeah. This is, and also, and I have to say, this is 
and I'll probably have to point this out every 30 seconds. This is something he says all the time in every interview he's ever been in being asked about advice for people. Uh, this like pick something and do it. I've heard it Which, 90 different times yes. in 90 different interviews in 90 different like Alpha Brain Academy clip on YouTube. Uh, why did they give this guy so much money for this like, show? Yes, acquiring skills is is useful in life. <laughs> it's just like bizarre. Of course. Also, go. <laughs> yeah, so he goes on to say that getting good at anything helps you learn how to get good at other things, which is true, but not in a way that really means anything. Like, if you get good at a video game, which he actually suggests here, that probably won't actually help you get good at endurance running, even though you could, like, boil it down and be like, well, both require you to do something over and over again until you get better at it. But, like, playing video games is pleasurable and physically not difficult on your body, whereas distance running is really difficult on your body and makes you uncomfortable for extended periods of time. And so the fact that you got good at a video game probably won't help you with your endurance running. Not that there aren't people who are good at both, but the fact that like skills are not universally applicable. Right, one doesn't necessarily lead to the other. And like running, you know, running might make you better at a video game because like exercise like is good for your brain and like sure. your focus and attention and things. And that's what you need when you play a video game. If you play a video game, it might help you with like pattern recognition and yeah. certain things like that. Um, but like <laughs> you can't just like pick two things and say, do this and you'll get better at the other. It's yeah, it's also like I, I think there's actually a fundamental flaw in the logic that like learning how to get good at one thing means you'll get good at other things because as a general rule the things that people get best at first are the things that they're like inclined towards because of basic interest and right. an awful lot of actual success is getting good at things that you're not inclined to but you need to build up some level of confidence in because like a lot of life is just kind of unpleasant mm. um and yeah, you gotta do things yeah. you don't like and get good at them so you can do them yeah. well and get them over with exactly like if if you love basketball um, and you hate numbers, the fact that the skills that, that made you good at basketball might not make you good at paying your taxes, which is why people who become professional sports players generally hire professional accountants, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but whatever. Anyway, continue Jordan Peterson. <laughs> so the, the next thing he goes into is he talks about how he, when he was a young man, the thing that he became good at first was washing dishes. Um, which I don't know that he actually did this, but he's claiming this because it makes him seem like a man of the people. He has am, claimed this before as well. Yeah, <laughs> I am not certain he ever did this job, but a lot of people do. So let's just hear him out. And so what else do you have to do to be a good dishwasher? Learn the techniques. Stay on, stay on your toes. Volunteer to work when other people don't show up. Um, show an interest in learning to cook. Get along with the waitresses. Uh, maybe yeah. get along with the customers. Act like an adult. And all of that's excellent practice for all sorts of things you're going to do later. Now, this is Cody, what? what? You know, what? Robert, what? I, I, have you known a lot of people who did dishwashing, specifically, not just like their job included dishwashing, but like people who's, who's, yeah, like actual, I've worked in restaurants and yeah. like, I've I've done dishwashing and I've now, known many dishwashers at the jobs Cody, that I've had. Is it not, would you say, generally accepted as good advice that you keep the dishwashers the fuck away from the customers? Oh yeah. I mean, we don't need that. But also you like, keep the dishwashers happy and like you sure, like it's just, it's like chefs. You don't want the chef you to talk to the customers. Yeah, you go in the room, like, you get sweaty, you turn on your music, whatever you it do is. A lot of cocaine in the bathroom, like it's fine. 
Um, I don't know. I um, it's also it's like, like it's like not like t- it depends on the restaurant too. You know. Yeah, they're um, everywhere. Is if different. there's like f- oh, like very friendly like customer uh, relations between like workers and and uh, customers, that's fine. Um, it's a weird thing to plop in there. I think he's just trying to he's trying to give he's trying to give general life advice which he always does yeah. that everybody could give and make it specific to this one example which is what he does all the time right he's like yeah it's good to like get to know this person and this type of person and go out in the world and do this and he's just using dishwashing as, as an example yeah he's generally using it as an example and i i mean as a jit like yeah whatever i don't think I, the dishwashers I, I want to talk to the no, no, it, like part a big part of managing any successful enterprise where there are customers is limiting who has to deal with customers because that's the thing that sucks the most, right? Because they're the worst people in the world. Um, like the the last per like you 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 want as many people as possible to not have to talk to the customers directly because fuck those people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I just well, so quick note: if we're if listeners if if we're listening to a clip. And suddenly you hear like a snicker or a laugh, a guffaw, a little chortle. Yeah. Uh, it might be because of what he's saying. If you think what he's saying is funny, it's probably because they just did the split screen thing again. And it's so <laughs> jarring and off-putting. And it surprises me every time because why are they doing it? It's so weird. <laughs> it seems like they're doing it at random. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just like, well, we need to do the split screen thing again. And I can't wait for it to be three Petersons on screen <laughs> at once. Now, Cody... A lot of evidence shows that of all of the jobs in the United States, the highest level of substance abuse is pretty much working in a restaurant, particularly like working in the back of a restaurant. Like mm-hmm. those are as as uh, 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 Anthony Bourdain uh, very, very eloquently wrote about, like that's just a, a pretty durable fact. And yeah, I, I think front of I, the restaurant is cocaine. Back of the restaurant is yeah, all drugs. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. The only reason I might believe that Jordan Peterson did what he said, and he claims he went from being a dishwasher to a short order cook, is that I can't imagine him sitting in the back of a restaurant doing lines of a variety of benzos and, and stimulants and, you know, whatever, whatever he could get his hands on. Look at the man. Look yeah. at that. Look at that shirt. Tell me, tell me that man hasn't tried to straighten the lines in a Ray Nagel mm. painting. <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> oh, good guy. Oh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Um, anyway, he's on the verge of sounding like a normal person here until we get to this line. You know, it's, not intellectual work and that you're not dealing with abstractions, although it can still be complex. That's why we don't have dishwashing robots, by the way. No! (laughs) Cody! (laughs) Quick quiz. Good, sir. Do we, in fact, have dishwashing robots? Uh, Yeah, I feel like maybe if you just cut off the word robot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We stopped, we didn't use the word robot for it, but we have washing machines and I feel like almost everyone listening has a machine that washes dishes um you know not all places have dishwashers but everybody knows that they exist yeah again obviously the point he's making is that like yeah if you're even with all that machines can do if you're like running a professional restaurant you're going to have someone whose job is keeping the dishes clean because machines can't do everything right and like sometimes you run the dishwasher and you're like oh the dishwasher didn't work i gotta use my human hands that have certain ways they can move and they can get in there and clean better it's it's so funny because like the most famous labor-saving device in in on the planet is dishwashers (laughs) like it's it's 
It's it's Liter- as if he, if you know if we didn't know that clearly Game of Thrones fan. If it was like the only TV show this man has seen is The Jetsons, and like he's basing yeah. everything mm-hmm. off of Rosie the Robot. I mean, yeah, it's I like there's there's Flintstones and then there's Jetsons and there's like nothing in between. Yeah, there's nothing no. in between. They but even the Flintstones had like dishwashing, like what birds and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They should have called this show Flintstones, Jetsons, and. Scooby Doo and, and Scooby Doo's, mm-hmm. uh, or I guess would no, they could have just, just done Dragon Tales, Dragon Tales. If we ever get that big Exxon sponsorship to, <laughs> mm-hmm. to to fund this podcast and I become a millionaire, I'm going to pay Jordan Peterson a fortune to watch old episodes of the of a uh, uh, Scooby Doo where they have the Harlem Globetrotters on mm-hmm. and like weep over the Jungian profundity of uh, of sweet Kyle, sweet Kyle, sweet Lyle, whatever his fucking name was. Oh, that's um, a waste of money. He'll do that for free. He'll do that for free. He loves doing Dr. that shit. Dr. Peterson, what, what do you think about the time the Harlem Globetrotters solved the mystery of old man McGregor's haunted Airbnb? I don't know, whatever. Well, old man McGregor is nothing, right? It. He's this sort of this dragon in Inside you, and you have to you unmask it, and it turns out it's yourself because we are all our own dragons. Uh, this font is you did garbage, much better on that way. than I do. This uh, terrible upsets me. What an awful font they chose. It's like, a step above. Um, it's a step above Paprius, but not much. Not really. I'm sorry. What did you just call uh, that? Uh, thank font? you, thank you, Sophie. <laughs> I'm what? sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What did you? What font? He's referring to the papyrus font. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think this is a step above that, though. I don't either. It's we got these weird like cuts in it. It's like it's trying to seem like very like royal, but also has like a weird slime thing going to it. Right, and this no, and the slime is for the curves of letters, but only O's and C's, O's, C's, and G's. And it's like a little slug. Yeah, I don't. don't, There's some slime to it, but it's not like that exciting to listen to people describe fonts. But but, yeah, (laughs) this is the one. The E is too easy easy to mistake for an L. Uh, F at distances. Yeah, I uh, agree. The bottom too is thin, so thin. Too thin. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Fuck this font. <laughs> fuck this um, font. Um, Robert, so it is time for you this, to do an ad break. You know who will fuck a font? Oh, for sure. They'll get their dick right in there. Mm-hmm. For in sure. fact, every time you buy one of the products sponsored on this show, our sponsors purchase irreplaceable ancient Egyptian papyrus and then have sex with it. Mm-hmm. That's so, a guarantee. I'm so glad you learned how to pronounce that word. With every purchase you make, irreplaceable human knowledge is lost forever. We promise that and nothing else. I hope it's another gold ad. Me too. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad, The Dress. 
30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, we're back. Boy, I sure feel like the library of Alexandria was just burned for my my own sexual gratification. How about you, Cody? I was going to describe it exactly like that. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. We're... We're, it's like we're united by epigenetic collective unconsciousness. That's where this all ends. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Peter- by the way, we believe everything Jordan Peterson believes. <laughs> after Peterson goes on another you know, vamps for a little while, uh, he says very little of substance and mostly just asks rhetorical questions about self-improvement, stuff like, can you improve your relationship with your father? Can you educate yourself? And then we get this very <laughs> odd moment. All right. I, yeah. Yeah, man. The draw of temptation, drug and alcohol use in particular, sexual temptation as well. Oh, do you do, you do anything that's remote? <laughs> oh. Ha. Cody, how would you describe that little... Play that again, Sophie. Play it how again, How would you describe that, that, that little... Mo- when he says, oh, he does this like... It's almost like a computer buffering. Like his... <laughs> his, his the thing that he said just sort of like caused a, 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 a fucking hard drive skip in his little brain. Yeah. All right, one yeah. more time. The draw of temptation, drug and alcohol use in particular, sexual temptation as well. Oh, do you do, you do anything that's <laughs> he like, remote? He like, he says, he says sexual oh. temptation and then casts his eyes down. There's almost a little shiver across his body oh. as he goes, oh, it's very weird. <laughs> He's such an odd speaker. It's fascinating <laughs> it's, it's, it's to really, watch. I mean, I'm sure it's made him millions of dollars because there is something that like you just, I, I spent too long watching this and just going, the fuck is what are you mm-hmm. doing what are you trying to get across here mm-hmm. 
it's cryptic. Yeah. Um, anyway. It's how he does uh, it. So what does he land on? Can you resist temptation or not? <laughs> uh, he never really finishes. He just glitches. And then from this point, he starts to get angrier and almost abusive. Yes. Oh, he's doing it. Yeah. Remember yeah. political party. Do you go to church? You know, I don't go to church because, you know, uh, their beliefs don't match mine. It's like, who the hell cares about your beliefs? You're like 16. <laughs> you don't even have beliefs. And if you think it's like you're right and the, and the Catholic Church is wrong, well, good luck with that attitude. And that isn't to say the church, for example, or a political party doesn't need repair because all institutions are always falling apart and corrupt. That's, that's a story as old as time. That's the evil uncle. But good, you have something to do. Go fix it up. I, uh, Wait a yes. second. Yes. Wait. Did he say fix it up? Go fix yeah, it up? Fix it up. Yeah. I thought you're up. not allowed to do that. Yeah, well, he that's exact. There, none of this makes any sense. Because number one, are you saying that like people should just like you, it, 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 you, you have to join a church, which he's clearly saying, but also you shouldn't criticize it. But also instead of leaving it, if it doesn't match with your beliefs, you should change it. But also you don't have beliefs. So and, and it's like, OK, even so if you, you disagree, you, don't what are you going to change it to? Because you and, don't believe anything. And, and what are you saying people should do? Are you saying that, like, they should all become Catholics or or that you should just join whatever church is closest and not question it, but fix it if it doesn't align with your beliefs. But you can't have beliefs yet because you're just a kid. It's um. It's nonsense. It's That's, nonsense. Like it's 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 just so like there's so, nothing useful in that mess of what of, a contradictory. Of, it's also just, of all of of all of the things to pick as an organization that you shouldn't criticize unreal. for being wrong. The Catholic, Catholic Church. Church. Yeah, sure, it's uh, not good, incredible. But. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Um, I I I also love his. Uh, it's one of his ticks where he uh, he like says a thing, and sometimes it's like. Some ridiculous mm -hmm. statement. Sometimes it's a completely reasonable thing. Uh, and he's like, well, you know, good luck with that. He just sort of like dismisses uh -huh. it as though like that's the argument. For example, like, it, it seems like after the Catholic Church systemically sexually trafficked and abused children and pushed for theocratic laws in Ireland that got huge numbers of women killed and maimed as a result of things like ectopic pregnancies, Irish people in very large numbers left the church and... um. Things are better. Well, you know that's the evil <laughs> uncle, right? <laughs> right, the evil uncle is the, the like, <laughs> like your what? evil uncle, the Catholic Just, priest. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, not far off, yeah, but like, yeah. so when do you? Because his whole thing is like, don't are you? You so you're like you, you're 16, you have no beliefs, and so go to any church, and if it disagrees with you, then you should change it. But also, you're not allowed to want to change anything unless your like life is perfect and like in perfect order. So you're it's not yet because you're 16. So like, it, don't do anything. Don't leave your house, I guess. But do and, to go to church also, that the you don't believe in. Most consistently frustrating to me about Peterson is he does shit like drop like the evil uncle, and he does it in such a way as he's like he's trying to impress you with. By naming these archetypes and like referencing them, yeah, he memorized like categories of exactly. Stuff. <laughs> and it's there's for an example of kind of like how to do this and not be a complete. Sh I don't know some people will disagree with this, but like what he's doing is not fundamentally all that different. If you sit down and listen to Dan Harmon talk about like the story circle, which is basically him taking the fucking hero's journey 
and putting it into a way that you can pretty easily turn into scripts, right? That's all it is. It's not yeah, it like... Yeah, distills it down to yeah. six steps, or eight, eight steps instead exactly. of 22 it, or whatever. It, 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 Dan Harmon, plenty of things to criticize about the man, but all he's actually, he's not trying to say there's any sort of, like psychic resonance with that. He's being like, this is a very simple replicable bit way to tell a story in a way that, that people can, can grasp onto, right? There's a right. reason it's successful. And people like stories that have this, it, it, yeah, you go, it, you do the yeah. thing, you change. And then, yeah. Peterson is that rather than the evil uncle, just like being a thing that's in some movies and TV shows, because it's easy. I don't know. It's something that people tend to like grasp onto. Um, it's just kind of an easy way to, 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 Tell a story, right? Like it's it's well, right. He's fucking talking, Scar in in the Lion King. It's not a complex story. There's not a ton going on there, but it works. And like, but Peterson is taking it as if, and because this is a, like a, a trope that is broadly functional in storytelling that is meant for a popular audience, it is indicative of something fundamental to human nature, right? As opposed to like, uh, you know, first of all, if you see a pattern. We're, yeah. We humans love to see patterns and we do. put uh, undue emphasis and importance on patterns, even if they're it's not like a significant pattern. But like what he's talking about most of the time in this respect is like just stereotypes. Yeah. Like if you take like you said, like the Lion King or Hamlet or whatever. So Scar, the evil uncle, if Scar had a kid. Ah, Mufasa, the kind uncle archetype. Like, it's yeah. literally like, it's just these interchangeable things. Uh, the qualities described in like, he's like, oh, the, the crone, make it a man. And you change the name yeah. and it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, all, it, all of this can work. And it's I don't like know, helpful it's, for people in situations like certain and, and sites, most, like, like all of these archetypes that he treats as if they're like something sacred written into the back of the human soul are just shortcuts to like very easily putting together a fucking script for like a popular, like specifically for a popular fucking movie. That's like most of the modern adaptations of this shit. Like it's not, none of this is like, none of this is particularly resonant. And you can tell that for a fact that the stories that are like most popular are often the ones that, that break some of these rules. Like they're not actually fundamental to good storytelling. They're just simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, it's know, not, whatever. it's not necessarily going to be the most compelling or interesting story. If you use all yeah. these archetypes or this like pattern, because it's m yeah. uh, most stories, it, they're training wheels, they're training wheels. If you're starting out read writing stories, or if you're getting lost in the weeds, it, it can be an easy way to like get something put together and then you can do a better thing next time. Um, but I don't know, whatever. I, I get frustrated when people talk about fucking archetypes like this. Well, so when he's talking about it like this and like applying it to like element, like fundamental, like institutions and elements of society where it's like you, these are different conversations yeah, that you need to have. Like, like, the fucking the evil uncle is a bad guy in a script because a script needs a bad guy because conflict is fun. The Catholic church is bad because they raped a bunch of kids and covered it up. And that's a reason why maybe you would not believe anything else they have to say. Right. Like maybe it yeah. stems from certain aspects of their like core beliefs. I don't know. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's fundamental things about the structure of an organization like the Catholic Church that are abusive. But Jordan Peterson fucking loves hierarchy. And the right. And just like in the, inevitab is, yeah. the inevitability of everything. Right. Yeah. Like if, anyway. if an institution is corrupt, it's because all institutions become corrupt. Like ultimately, um, it's not a problem with anything about the institution is yes. Yeah, corruption that that happens. Yeah. Uh, except for in my institutions that I like. 
Like. So the next section of the video asks Peterson to define what makes a man. And this is the first point at which I think someone like put together, like maybe after the first 10 minutes of this were recorded, which probably took three days, somebody mm-hmm. like jotted down some fucking notes into something resembling a script to try to put a scaffolding on this motherfucker. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Definition, man. <laughs> ah, what am I, a biologist? But as it happens, I am a biologist, so... <sighs> No, you're not. No, not yet. No, you're not. I, I felt like you what were going to have a reaction to that. He is absolutely not a fucking biologist. No. Um, oh, my God. You can yeah. say that you, like, I, like, oh, my God. I just, like, I, a scientist wouldn't talk like, like this. A physicist it, wouldn't say I'm a biologist because you, like, know a lot about biology. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating because, like, yes, theoretically, like he has a Ph.D. in clinical psychology. There are clinical psychologists who do biology, right, because some of them are do neuroscience, right? There are elements of it, exactly. Biology. But that's not what he does. That's not what he does. And that's not that's just not how people in the scientific community talk. Yeah. Like he he says this about everything. Like it's if you uh it's fun. He, he would say, like, he would say, if he's describing, like, um, what the Pareto principle as it, it like it relates to black holes or whatever, he would literally say, "I'm an astrophysicist." No, 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 no. You maybe you know about astrophysics and you have like knowledge in that field, but no, like, actual, like, reasonable, like, respectable scientist would just make a claim like it, that. There's it's so wild. Many, I've, he said you, that out loud. <laughs> you go on in in your three hour video of do, about Doctor Jordan Peterson about how he's fundamentally wrong about lobsters and the shit he says about like yeah. neurotransmitters and lobsters. He's wrong about a lot of important things, including that time he went cold turkey off of benzos by going mm. to some weird clinic in Russia and nearly got himself killed. Yeah. Um, but. I, I want to stick to stuff that he claims that he makes in the video to to prove that he's if he is a biologist. Totally, fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's You've a really you're a bad biologist. One. Let's see if um, you are. Let's but see like, if you are. So yeah, I I, I want to. Sorry, I, I just have to like give him a little like in good faith, you know, reasonable doubt. Yeah. Some people talk in this way, like what you're saying. You're not saying I'm a biologist. You're saying I believe in biology yeah. and I have knowledge of it. And I approach things from a biologist perspective is yeah. what he's trying to say. But that, but he wasn't precise in his he's, speech. He's so not he's, at all precise in his speech. And he's also about to be really wrong because after cool. this, he goes Hell on yeah. a little rant about how some people are charitable, but they're not hardworking or practical. So they just wind up giving away other people's money. And that's bad. Um, what he's, he says that the ideal thing to be, the essence of masculinity, in fact, this is what he, because he's, again, this section is where he's trying to define a man. He says that the essence of masculinity is productive generosity, which seems to, he seems to define as actually being a dick, um, because he doesn't think that, like, generosity means being good to people. He thinks it's like, it's this weirder concept about how, well, sometimes generosity is like being mean and withholding resources from people who are going to to squander them, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as he's doing this, he attacks the concept of agreeableness. And I want to play you this this part of the, the episode, Cody, because this is, uh, we, we can nail into some science here. Yeah, we'll get into it. Basically, an empathy dimension has no correlation whatsoever with success in enterprise, business, creative domains, in fact, among managers, agreeableness looks like it's slightly negatively correlated with success because hyper-agreeable managers can't say no. 
They can't discipline their employees. They can't set limits. And they're susceptible to manipulation. So. Well, Cody, that sounds like something that's falsifiable, right? That is a that is a, a true or a false statement that he just made. We can actually dig into research. Yeah, it seems because, like you could look that up. Yeah, and it, it turns out, we're really lucky here, there was a massive meta-analysis of Hell studies yeah. <laughs> published on, quote, agreeableness on it and its consequences just this year. Hell Researchers yeah. Michael Wilmot and Dennis Wunz analyzed 3,900 studies involving <laughs> 1.9 million participants. Good so, Lord. pretty big meta-analysis, right? <laughs> They concluded, quote, overall, the, the trait has effects in a desirable direction for 93% of variables. Wow. Professor Wilmot seemed adamant that not only is Peterson wrong about the value of agreeableness, he's specifically wrong about its impact on leaders. Quote, Michael Wilmot, assistant professor of management at the University of Arkansas in a university release said, quote, agreeableness is the personality trait primarily concerned with helping people and building positive relationships, which is not lost on organizational leaders. Taken altogether, the interaction among things became clear, Professor Wilmot concludes. Agreeableness was marked by work investment, but this energy was best directed at helping or cooperating with others. In other words, teamwork. So <laughs> just he's exactly wrong. And it took 30 oh, seconds to find. So... Yeah, they looked at these like thousands of studies involving nearly two million people. And it turns out being agreeable really works well uh, mm. in teams. And I don't know, Cody, you and I have both worked on teams. You know, what's great is not working with assholes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't like that. It's not fun. Uh, it makes it unpleasant and you don't like, want to do the, the job. One of the most important things in, in particularly like uh, uh, comedy, like sketch comedy, whatever, is like, yes, and mm. which is fundamentally being agreeable. It's Agre not like, like trying to yeah. shut down a joke. It's trying to expand it, you know? Yeah. Um, agree plus. Yeah, agree plus, right? It, yeah. yeah. Um, because that that works pretty well people people it tends to make for things that are funny wow that's fascinating that people like working like people who are easy to work with yeah uh, i love this and i really appreciate that you instantly look this up because yeah. he does this all the time uh he'll say like i've read the literature and it's this way and then you look yeah. it up and it's not that way or he'll no, make these broad claims wrong. about these sort of things and it's also stuff where it's like you are a psychologist. That is yeah. your field. And you're making these claims. And I just looked it up and you're wrong. Um, it's alarming that yeah. this man is in this fine leather chair. It is. It is. And it is a nice looking leather chair. I have oh, to yeah, say sure this whole library, whoever they have directing, putting the set decorations together, they've made mm -hmm. a, they've made a very welcoming looking library behind. Oh yeah. One million for the oh. library, four million. I for don't Peterson. believe he's read any of those books, but it's a well, nice well, looking he, library. He skimmed um, them for a few words that he could say to reinforce his point. Yeah. Uh, so Jordan's view of masculinity doesn't leave much room for teamwork. It becomes quickly clear that he doesn't see management as a thing people do in specific instances to help groups accomplish tasks. And instead he he sees management as how a healthy man looks at every relationship in his life. And I mean management the way that like a leader in an organization manages. And Sophie, let's uh, play that next clip. <sighs> Time. And then you should be responsible for and productive for as many people as you can manage. And so that might be first your intimate partner, your wife, <laughs> second your, your parents, your siblings, your, your children, maybe your children primarily. Although, you know, there's a trade-off there with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> 
So again, the split screen is just jarring. Very weird every time. Why? Next, he says that you should seek to manage your community and local government if it's possible at all. And it's become it's pretty clear, I think, at this point that his version of masculinity is nothing but control. And it's a specific sort of control that's motivated by self-hatred. And you get glimpses. I don't think Peterson's even really super aware of it, but you get glimpses of the centrality of self-hatred to his concept of masculinity and these little gaps and cracks like this one here. On all that responsibility, if you can, in a sense that's both productive and generous, that gives you something to do. Justify your miserable life to yourself and everyone else, and you need to do that. Uh, it, it orients you solidly in the world if you do that, and it gives you a dragon to fight, a real one, and that's where the gold is, so as everyone has known forever. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, Robert! Oh. Robert, can we do an ad break right now, just so that there's a gold yeah. ad, please? I really hope we have a gold and ad. If you want to know where else the gold is, check oh, out I the sponsors it. to this podcast, which apparently include these this random gold scam company. Oh, <laughs> fucking buy the gold and give it to a dragon so you can yeah. fight it. Yeah, and then take the gold back, and then it's yours again. Yeah. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, we're back. So, I think all of that's really fucking silly. Um, yeah, it is. Like, it's actually <laughs> um, he, just I mean, like he talks very about that bad a lot. advice about being a person. Yeah, he al- he always sort of comes back to like, and like, you know, there are ways to say this and discuss this, like life is suffering and life is miserable and you you suck and everything's bad. Um, but you're, you need to find, you need to create a purpose is what he's talking about oftentimes. We're talking about what masculinity is, right? Right, man, and like managing. Which is productive it's- generosity, which means managing every single being, a, being a, a hierarchical, centralized leader of every aspect of your life and every relationship that you're involved with. And then once you're in control, you should go seek out dragons to fight using presumably other people to do a lot of the fighting. Oh, yeah, you send them off to get the dragons so you can get the gold. Um it's yeah, he's all it always circles. It's weird because he also like he dismisses this idea that certain things in society are about like power. Like, oh, they say it's about power. It's like, no, it's not. It's about this. It's about biology or like how men have these fucking like, you know, genes or whatever. Um, but ultimately, he's just but then he comes back to this. Like, yeah, you need like this control to do this. How do you do that? Well, you need to have the power to do that. Um he he just always comes back to just like ultimately I be a strong man. I we need being a man is being like a dictator in your life. Yeah, and it it's interesting because like obviously Jordan's the kind of guy who like worships these quote unquote traditional like kind of militarist values um and and hierarchy in that sense, but if you actually look at like what makes the best the most functional military hierarchies on the planet um they all are based around the idea that you should have a really strong non-commissioned officer corps. And this is certainly a kind of strict hierarchy, but it's a hierarchy that is in a lot of ways less centralized than the kind of pyramidal hierarchy that Jordan mm-hmm. B. Peters. It's, it's based around the idea that you should actually have a lot of little leaders that are invested in a great degree of autonomy and whose expertise is respected. And oftentimes, like if you have a unit like a platoon, you have an officer who's technically in charge and then you have an NCO who is technically under him, but who is generally recognized as actually being more expert in a lot of ways. And both of them, like, take on different tasks, and that's necessary for actually effectively leading a unit through combat, because... It, Are you talking about it, working together? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, working together. Oh, um, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's all... These these ideas and it requires a great deal, an effective functioning effectively as a unit in any kind of like strenuous or dangerous situation does at times require there being a person who is saying, like, do this and do that, because 
Sometimes that's necessary when you're trying to accomplish goals under stress. But the thing that it requires most of all is like mutual respect um, and an understanding of people's talents and an ability to give uh, subordinates autonomy because organizations that don't do those things can survive if there's not a danger being put on them, if there's not like a threat. But if you're actually being threatened, you want as much intelligence to be available from the organization as possible, and you only get that by giving people the ability to act with a degree of autonomy. That doesn't sound very productively generous of you, though. Yeah, uh, we could talk a lot about like the Ukrainian military versus the Russian one, but let's move on. (laughs) Um, So his next question is, oh, actually, this kind of ties into that. How should you arm yourself? Um, And the answer that Peterson gives is a humanities education, um, which is interesting to me. Uh, That is interesting. Yeah. And he thinks that he kind of defines a good education in the humanities is reading great men. And to his credit, he says great women too. Um, He's actually pretty careful about that in that. So I'll I'll give you, I'll give you a thumbs up, Dr. Yeah. Only took eight fucking years. Yeah. (laughs) So after this, we get an extended rant about how if you either lie or you just say things you don't fully believe in, like if you alter your own beliefs to like write an essay to get a good grade for Mm -hmm. a teacher to impress someone, then you're letting someone else control and speak for you, which is kind of like basically letting a a demonic spirit run your body. Mm. Um, This is interesting for two reasons, actually. One is that he says this all the time. (laughs) Yeah. This is another one of it. Another one like thing where it's like, why does this show exist? This is just everything you've ever said in your, like your books and stuff. Um, but also, uh, Ben Shapiro has literally said the opposite. Like he, his advice to his advice to, uh, people at school is to, uh, do what he did, which is just regurgitate everything his law professor said, pretend that he believes it so that he can can, like pass the grade. And that's, I'm never going to say this about, uh, Ben Shapiro, but like, that's a valuable life skill. Like sometimes you're going to get pulled over by a cop and you're going to need to lie to that police officer so that you don't suffer consequences that'll fuck your life up, right? Sometimes, perhaps, you're trying to get on an airplane and you have a bag that's over the limit and being able to, like, lie about it mm-hmm. and convince someone not to weigh it is a useful life skill because then you don't, you're not out $50. Sometimes you sit down with someone who's maybe kind of a crazy asshole and it's just the easiest thing and the safest thing to not engage with them over some of the things that they're saying. If it's not, you know, I'm not saying don't engage with racists, but a lot of people are just assholes in ways that it's like, I don't need to, you, you don't need to argue with them. Yeah, why you don't, do you we need to Sometimes you just be like, okay, okay, let's end the interaction and smile at them. That's a useful life skill. People who are able to do those things, who are able to understand how to, I don't need to be totally honest right now. I don't also, need to, I, I can just end the interaction and I want to do that in a pleasant way. So I'm just going to pretend like I don't think this person is dumb as shit, right? Like, that's fine. Yeah, and, but his his sort of assumption, I think, and maybe he's changed his mind since, is that like, if you keep, if you do that and you do it, like more than a few times, you'll start believing the things that you're that you're allowing to be said. I don't know, um, Cody. I've lied to a lot of cops about having weed in the car, and I've never thought that my car back in the day didn't have weed in it and didn't deserve <laughs> to have weed in it. And didn't deserve to have weed in it. Exactly. Um anyway, whatever. The good thing about this rant is that it gives us another little moment of accidental honesty from Dr. Peterson. I love it. Think, well, god, that was a miserable life. I manipulated everybody. They were so damn stupid. They were sucked in by it. They're all contemptible. Everyone does it, you know, which they don't, by the way. And so that's a pathway to bitterness. 
Pathway to bitterness, huh? <laughs> Pathway to bitterness. Um, I, he kind of, I, I, I feel like he's talking about himself there. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I feel are, like he's are talking about himself. Are you saying that Peterson often comes off as a bitter old man? <laughs> yeah, I think he's a bitter old man, and I think he's bitter because the only thing he's done with his life is manipulate people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, he says, again, he, he talks a lot about how there's no difference between the spirit of manipulation taking you over and demonic possession. And he says the only thing that stopped him from being canceled is that he's a fundamentally honest person, which is fun because Jordan got famous for claiming that Canadian Bill C-16 was going to force people to use gender-neutral pronouns for non-binary and transgender identities and legally punish them if they didn't. The people were going to be literally thrown into prison. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave a lot of interviews saying, like, I think some of the things that I say in my lectures now might be illegal. I think they might even be sufficient for me to be brought before the Ontario Human Rights Commission under their amended hate speech laws. This has never happened. Nothing like this has ever happened yeah. in Canada. Canada to Dr. Peterson or to anyone else. He was completely full of shit. Um, he knew what he's doing. Like, yeah. It, uh, the, the first video, I mean, the first video he shared about that topic uh, was like professor against political correctness. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> and it's, it's like, if you actually look at the, and if you actually talk to any of the Canadian legal experts about what this law meant and what the actual, because there is a threshold at which hate speech is criminal in Canada, and the threshold is pretty high. You would have to be literally advocating for genocide. You would, you would be having to try to incite a genocide, which, number one, none of, whatever you want to say, his comments back then did not cross that line, and apparently no one's has, because no, has, no one's been prosecuted for this. Mm. There's been no criminal cases as a result of this um i might argue that perhaps there should have been but whatever Mm. (laughs) um so peterson veers from this into an unhinged dissection of sleeping beauty he really he's he's got an old school disney fixation i'm just gonna have sophie play he really does well because they're the the old stories right they're fairy tales they're the evil uncle you know ones that are exactly (laughs) anyway here's jordan peterson (sighs) so what can you arm yourself with? You know, in Sleeping Beauty, when the, uh, the prince, right. he's entrapped in the, in the castle by uh, Maleficent, who's the ultimate Oedipal mother. She transforms <laughs> herself into a dragon, which everyone seems to just take as a matter of course, because of course the evil witch transforms herself into a dragon. Like why we think that's logical is a deep question, an archetypal <laughs> question. But anyways... He's armed with the sword of truth, and I believe it's the shield of virtue, but the sword of truth. And that's, it's a corny trope in some sense, but mm. it's not corny at all, because how could <laughs> falsehood prevail against truth? How could that possibly be the case? If, if what is true reflects what is real, how can what is unreal prevail against what is real? And so, you know... <laughs> I love when he does stuff like that, and then he's like, and so, and he's like, wait, what was I talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like, none of that was, makes any my, fucking sense point? at all. First off, Jordan, we accept it when the witch turns into a dragon because it is a fantasy cartoon, and she's mm. a witch. Mm. So even though witches don't always turn into dragons in movies, in fact, usually don't in movies with witches, we're all like, yeah, whatever. Like, she she just did a bunch of fucking gobbledygook magic. It's fine. Like, there's, there's fucking... But also, like... like- even just like okay yeah she's doing magic and stuff oh she turns into a dragon she's deceiving uh whether it's like her true form or she's turning to a dragon deceiving him i've got the sword of truth 
like he was right the first time. Yeah, it's a little corny trope. It's a little on the nose. It's, just, it's like he's just he's taking this yeah, like visual metaphor or like this imagery and being like, wow, yeah, right. truth is important. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like. What yeah, it, 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 yeah. Uh, it, it's like if it's like if Jordan Peterson watched Happy Gilmore and was talking about the scene where he does a subway ad and he's like, we accept the subway ad because somehow fundamentally there's something about human beings that make them want to sell five dollar sandwiches. No, we accept the subway ad because there was a lot of advertising in movies at the time and it was clearly a joke about that it's as well. Like that. it's anyway, whatever. <laughs> Dr. Peterson. I watched Happy Gilmore recently. Holds up. Um, fine I film. Uh, quite good film. You know, weirdly enough, Shooter McGavin is the same as the Fed from uh, the Iron Giant. Oh, oh, I did know same that. Actor. Yeah, yeah, you same actor. That. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's all it's all good. Um, is it's it? All, it? His entire argument here just rests on like this very ridiculous tautology. If what is true reflects what is real, how can what is unreal prevail over what is real? Well, I don't know. If you lie and you get a crowd of people to believe a man committed a crime that he didn't commit, and then you get them to lynch that man so you can take his stuff, it seems like what is unreal can prevail over what is real and does so regularly. Well, right. right? Like, look at <laughs> like his any like historical record. Like, yeah, all, it happens all Constantly the time. Constantly works. What are you Constantly talking about? Constantly works. One of the most successful strategies in all of history. Because also, because he'll and he'll because he talks about these things too. He talks yeah. about like. Uh, like different regimes and their propaganda and how effective it is, and like it's talks about Nazi. Well, he talks about Nazi Germany well, like, being this weird for a positive example of the nation, like, but like I don't know. There's whole families of people who exist because at some point someone was asked, "Are you hiding a Jewish family in your house?" and they said no. Like, mm. <laughs> turns but out, how, but how? But they, did they not have the sword of truth? <laughs> like, yeah. no, they were good at lying, and that's an important life skill. <laughs> Um, anyway, one thing that's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very fun because a lot of like, not only is this stupid, this is advice that is almost tailor made to create failures of people. Uh, Listen to this portion where he complains that people who do the writing they're assigned by their teachers just to get a grade are like inherently breaking some sort of moral law. (laughs) Wait, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Check this out. Why write? Well, maybe you're writing about something important, and if you're not, then it's just a lie, the whole enterprise. So write about something important. Why do you want to write? Well, so that you can think. That's what you're doing when you're writing. Revelation, here's some ideas I have. You do your research. Here's some ideas I have. I'll get them down. Then I'll edit the idea. So only keep the best ideas. Well, now I know how to think about that. Now I know how to perceive that. Now I know how to act on that. Well, now you know how to perceive and act in relationship to something difficult. Well, that's why you learn to write, it's so you can think. And you know, everyone says to their children, think before you act. Well, why? So you can not do stupid things. So why think? So you don't do stupid things. Why not do stupid things? Stupid things, perhaps, like getting addicted to benzos while eating nothing but red meat for months and then letting your daughter take you to a weird Russian clinic where you do a cold turkey detox so dangerous it nearly kills you, leaves you in a coma, and results in you becoming a broken shell of a man who cries at random during podcast interviews. And can't sleep for 30 (laughs) days after drinking a sip of cider. Like... 
It's I don't know. Jordan, another, I feel like a lot of people just do essays because they need to get the grade because they're paying like $1,100 to take this fucking class. Also, like, there are a lot of ways that, like, to learn how to think and, like, different processes and, yep. again, like, pattern recognition and all these sort of, like, lo- logic and reasoning and, and whatnot. Oftentimes, learning to write is to, it's not to think, it's to communicate yeah. your thoughts. Yeah. Um, it is what he's really trying to say. Also, this is like a thing he said, again, it's another one of those, like heard this 90 times from this guy. Yeah. Uh, but <sighs> it's just like Jordan, if being a good writer meant you were a good thinker, then writers would be famous for being well-adjusted people with healthy habits mm. rather than like the most comprehensively <laughs> broken <laughs> career field in, in, in the entirety of the arts and sciences. Like name a famous writer uh, and and then name what they're famous for outside of their books. And it's probably the fact that their life is a disaster. Right. And like, it's not that. <laughs> Which is not to say that you need to have a disaster of a life to be a writer. It's just to say that writing well does not mean you know how to think well. <laughs> right. You can communicate again. You can communicate your yeah. thoughts that you're having. You have these. Th- <sighs> Orson Scott Card, beautiful writer dog shit opinions about the world <laughs> also i love this idea that like if if you watch the video he's using his hands a lot and uh talking about <laughs> you write it and then it's this big long thing and then you edit it down to just the best ideas i don't know if anyone listening has seen maps of meaning <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it had an editor cody it's like thousand page uh diagram of a dragon <laughs> it's yeah. um so i don't know maybe you should write more to learn how to think better uh, but it's like you're learning how to put forth an argument, not necessarily how to. Think, no. And, and that's that's the thing that he says, right? Like that he's actually saying here, which is that like the goal of writing is to like make an argument to convince somebody about the way you think rather than just trying to like explain a thing or describe a thing. It's about like everything else for Jordan. It's about domination. So if we play that, play this next clip. Right. So why write? How about so you can take your place in the world? Not so you can please the teacher and be some obedient, like, lapdog. You need to know how to think and speak so you can lead and think and, and conceptualize and, and entrance. <laughs> he does the thing again where you can see his, like, he just kind of goes away for a second mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. when he says, and entrance. And it's, I would say pretty unsettling. Yeah, well, like that, because again, it's like entrance, entrancing implies deception. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, which seems yeah. contradictory to what he's trying to say, but. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's the, he what, he what he makes clear in this next clip is that, yeah, writing is just a tool for domination because that's the actual only task worth achieving to Jordan. Pen is mightier than the sword. It's, there's no comparison. The sword, you know, yeah, fair enough. And you want to be careful of someone who wields the sword, but you wield the pen in a mighty manner. Nothing stops you ever. Uh, that's assuming, too, that you're oriented, you know, in some noble manner. He does use the word oriented, like, a lot. Yeah, it's it, it sounds smarter to him than, like, facing or directed or whatever like 
yeah, I don't know. It's just like, why do we need so many words to say the phrase that he already said? And he said he said the common phrase, the pen is mightier than the sword, and then he like started to talk about it for a long time. It's like, I don't need that. I have the phrase. Yeah, and it's also, again, it's it's one of, I, I love the pen is mightier than the sword as like a fucking, uh, because it's useless, right? It's a completely useless statement because, no, the pen is not mightier than the sword. Um, the, the argument is like, the actual thing that is true is that like, well, ideas can cause like titanic shifts and can get lots of people killed and can be sort of the 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 beginning point, the wellspring of a tremendous amount of power, right? And ideas can be written down and often are, and that's true. But like the fact that like the Nazis wrote a lot of books and propaganda that was instrumental in them gaining power didn't mean that like their ability to beat the shit out of and shoot people wasn't also instrumental in gaining part power. of it. And a lot of people of a, who did that weren't convinced because of like writing or propaganda, but because they wanted power and wealth and saw this as the best way to get it. And like, we're acting out of craven self-interest and kind of an in tandem thing. Again, saying um, the, just saying the pen is mightier than the sword is a meaningless statement. Well, also he's not, like, cause he's not talking about that. Right. Cause he's, he had to, he had to qualify with like, well, as long as it's oriented towards like mm -hmm. moral good or wherever he phrased it. Yeah. Uh, so he's not even talking about like, in his view, like bad guys with a pen. No. So what's it's, it's all this qualification seems unnecessary. It's fucking trash, Cody. And it's trash so. that we're going to let sit for today and uh, finish this episode up when we come back in part two of this. He, he talks so series. much about too many things yeah. he talks and so nothing much at all. Everything. And he looks, I don't know. Kermit the Frog, I do like that where we've got it, yeah. where we've got it paused right now. There's mm -hmm. like a little, you can see a little waddle starting to form on the side of his neck. Like yeah, I'm seeing of, double four skin. Petersons. Just, just like a frog's pouch. So I don't know. Maybe hmm. Dr. Jordan Peterson is a lizard man. Let's, Could let's be. see if David Icke has an opinion on that. Cody, Hello. you have anything to pluck? All the time, every day. Um... You know, uh, my name's Cody Johnston. Uh, like you said, the top, some more news, even more news. Uh, go Google it. We got three hours on this guy we're talking about. No, <laughs> he Cody, is a character. Your name is Cody Johnson. Has anyone ever Johnston. called Johnston? Mm -hmm. Sorry. Has okay. anyone ever called you C Jizzle? No. Well, wow. technically, yes, because you just did. There we go. Mm -hmm. Episode's over. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. 
Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.